What's up, guys? Good morning. Welcome to episode two of the Pursuit of Paradise podcast with me, MC Williams. That was an interesting intro. Uh, anyways, let's continue where we left off in episode one. If you haven't seen that yet, I'll drop the link below. So uh, make sure you go ahead and check that out so you can get kind of caught up. Because episode two, I'm just going to finish the rest of my origin story and kind of... Uh, I think uh, in episode one, I stopped. The last thing I said or talked about in the episode was my son being born, which happened in 2013, or at least finding out that he was going to be born. So uh, I stopped like right around 2012, 2013. So I'm going to pick up kind of where I left off and I'll probably end this podcast around close to current day. So kind of get you guys caught up on where I'm at now, how I got there. And um, oh, there, there should be a little quite a bit of interesting things along the way so hope you guys enjoy sit back relax i hope you're enjoying your day today is friday so hopefully everyone has a good weekend and let's get started all right guys so while i sip on my delicious pre-workout that my girlfriend made me buy the flavors like hawaiian shaved ice kind of an odd flavor for a pre-workout right (laughs) I don't know what Hawaiian shaved ice is supposed to taste like, but for some reason, I don't think this is it. Anyways, <laughs> I'll talk about that. All right, so where I left off in episode one of the podcast was taking you guys through the beginning of my origin story, talking about where I was born, um, what I did as a kid, college life, studying abroad in Australia, doing an internship, and living in Shanghai, China, and then finding out that I was going to be a dad. So my son was born on June 10th, 2013, exactly one month after my birthday, which is May 10th, as well as my brother's birthday, which is also May 10th. Crazy, right? I was basically the best gift that any two-year-old has ever received. So my brother was two, exactly, or he turned two on the day I was born. Does it get any better than that? I don't think so. (laughs) Anyways, um, so yeah, I had like aspirations of, like I said in episode one, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't really know where I wanted to go like career-wise, but after my experiences in, it kind of started like with Tennessee, but then it more so with uh, when I was in Australia and then Shanghai, one thing I did realize is that I loved, loved, loved traveling, so I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew 100% that I would love for it to include traveling as much as I could, like see as much of the world as I could. I didn't even really care what the job was, I guess. I just want to work for some type of international company that would pay and send me places all around the globe. So uh, that was like my number one goal. Um, And then I got back from China, I think in October. When did I get back? I think I got back from China in like September and uh, in October is when I found out that my girlfriend was pregnant. So uh, everything happened really quick and my dreams and aspirations of uh, traveling the world kind of disappeared in the blink of an eye. Um, I had no idea what was in store for me. I was 20... 24 at the time, I think. When my son, yeah, I was 24. I turned 25, I think, right before my son was born. So I was still a young kid for sure. I definitely was not ready to be a dad, and I had absolutely no idea what that entailed. Uh, I think for any first time parent, it's pretty much impossible to know what's in store for you once uh, your child is born. But I think uh, there's definitely ways to be more prepared and. Uh, we were not prepared to say the least. Not financially, not uh not mentally. It was tough. It was a it was a life changing experience, but one we are both extremely thankful for to this day. So uh I didn't like I said, didn't know what to expect. It was crazy. Life got completely turned upside down, but um looking back, um but I think both me and my girlfriend with 100% confidence could say we are very, very thankful that everything happened the way it did. Love our son to death. He is a 
the brightest part of my life for sure. So uh, no regrets with that. Sometimes uh, surprises happen in life. You have, you might have everything, or at least you think everything planned out, and then life throws you a curveball, man. And you just gotta, you gotta roll with the punches. You got do your best to uh, keep going on. A lot easier to, uh, it's a lot easier to say that than actually do that. I found that out the hard way. One other thing that I really sorry if this podcast seems like it's jumping around a bit but things keep popping into my head and like parts of the story that i'm remembering that uh are pretty key parts so i want to make sure i get everything out there or at least as much as i can um so when i was in china i was a lot of people i was hanging out with uh mostly americans that were in that same group were really into edm electronic dance music so while i was in shanghai we went to a i really during that time period, those like four months, I really, really, really got into uh, dance music, like hardcore. Um, and we went to a bunch of clubs and they were just banging uh, all kinds of techno and trance and all kinds of uh, house, different EDM genres. Like every club you went to in Shanghai was like EDM was super popular right there. That was like the, I don't know if it was the beginning of like the huge edm craze in america like i think it was right around the same time it's like when swedish house mafia started getting huge and that was just like the boom of all the festivals like edc and ultra and all those started popping up so when i got back from um when i got back from china my like two of my best friends that i met there two uh, brothers they lived in new york where like the festival scene was huge so in March of that year, I went to a ultra music festival in Miami, which is one of the biggest electronic dance festivals in the world. And that was my first experience at a EDM festival, or actually any music festival. Um, and it also happened to be, you know, like not too far, just a couple months before my son was born. So I was, like I said, at the time I was 24 and I was like just in a I was definitely a partier at that time, big time. I was like definitely into the club life, loved going to the clubs, hanging out with friends, listening to, uh, I just go to the clubs that played EDM. So I went to like as many uh, concerts, if you want to call it, as I could. I would see like as many DJs, EDM artists as possible. So like every time they would come through Charlotte or wherever, I would take the opportunity to go and see them. And right around that same time, I also is when I also started or did design my first website. I don't remember what year it was. I want to say 2000, like right when I got back. Because I, like I said, I felt like really hardcore in love with EDM. And uh, I absolutely loved it. So when I got back, I was trying to see like what the scene was like in Charlotte where I lived. And it was growing then for sure. But there wasn't really any like website that covered it. And I didn't know anything about website design at the time. So slowly but surely, I taught myself how to uh, design and build websites. My first one I built using web wordpress and it was a website called queencityedm.com a uh, nickname for charlotte or another nickname for charlotte is the queen city so that's why i call it queen city queencityedm.com and basically it just covered events in and around charlotte wasn't the best website in the world but that is where that's where it all started with me as far as web design goes and it also opened up quite a few cool opportunities for me to attend some free concerts, uh, interview some DJs. I think the most high profile one that I met and got a chance to interview because of that website was Morgan Page, I believe, which was cool. I was a huge fan of his music, so that was a very cool experience. Um, yeah, that opened up a couple doors. I put in a lot of work with that website, so uh, the return on investment probably wasn't all too great. I didn't make like I made a decent amount of ad revenue from it, but uh, yeah, I didn't make too much from the website. It was mostly just my love for EDM, and uh, that was like my passion at the time. So I spent most of my time doing that, hanging out with friends, going to shows. And then, like I said, I went to Ultra, which was a crazy huge festival. There was just like all these huge name DJs and EDM artists were there. Uh, some of my best friends that I'd met in China were there and it was just a really good time. And that was like the prime of my partying day. So that was in, I think near the end of March. And then, like I said, my son was born June 10th. So 
I went from like hardcore partying, like all I wanted to do was uh, be in the EDM scene, keep growing this website, um, and see where that took me. And unfortunately, that just did not really go well at all, or hand in hand with uh, being a dad. So those two were not compatible at all, and I found that out the hard way. Um, it was it was a eye opening experience for sure. When my son was first born, I didn't know what to expect. I was still like, still wanted to go to all the shows, and which are always late at night. So it was, uh, and my girlfriend was working as much as she could, but she was working night shift. She was a CNA, so she worked at a local hospital, and she was working night shifts. And I was still trying to go to shows at night. So something had to give eventually. Those were tough times. Uh, that definitely put a strain on our relationship. Which looking back, you know, it was. It was a growing up experience for me. It took a while. I wish uh, I'll, I wish it didn't, looking back, but it is what it is. It made me grow up for sure as a person. I had to, I kind of had to decide eventually, I had like my come to Jesus moment. It was like, do you want to be a good dad or do you want to be trying to explore this EDM thing as much as you can? Probably ruin your relationship with your longtime girlfriend, your um the mother of your child do you want to ruin that relationship to pursue this edm thing and possibly also kind of ruin the relationship with your kid or do you want to kind of let go of that and be the best dad be the best father you can be the best boyfriend you can and eventually that won out i cared more about being a good dad and being a good boyfriend, but it did not happen overnight. That is for sure. I was not uh, the most mature person in the world at that age. I will humbly admit that I still had a lot of growing up to do, but that definitely kind of uh, expedited the experience of growing up. So anyways, um, man, there's so much to talk about during that time. I can't possibly cover it all in one podcast and there's probably a lot of stuff I should just keep to myself, which I will, but I'm sure obviously I'm not the only one out there that has a similar story regarding that, like being a, becoming a father when it's unexpected, when you're young, when you're still in your partying days, it's, it's tough, man. It's, uh, it's an interesting experience, but like I said, there's really only two ways to go. You either choose partying or you choose being a dad. And I always, from pretty much day one, I always knew I wanted to eventually be a dad. I always knew I really, really, really wanted to have a boy um, and two kids at the most. Whether it be a boy or a girl or a boy and a boy, it didn't really matter, but I definitely wanted a boy. So the day I found out that it was going to be a boy, I was very excited about that and I did not want to mess up that relationship with my child I didn't want to look back like 20 years down the road 30 years down the road not have a good uh relationship with my kid and you know regret that for the rest of my life so eventually the more I thought about it the more I realized that the kind of dream of uh pursuing that like something with EDM with electronic dance music and seeing where that went was not the not in my best interest so but that is not where the edm dream died i still like i said it was a slow process um and eventually after queen city edm i created a website called what was it i think it was carolinaedm.com so with carolinaedm.com that was my i want to say my second website that i made and that one was definitely a huge improvement over queencityedm.com. That one opened up even more doors. Uh, I think at that time I'd stepped back a little bit from like actually going to shows. So I don't think I was going to as many shows at that time, but I was definitely spending a lot more time on the website, web design, and actually like uh, writing articles for the site. So I do a lot more. I would listen to pretty much EDM nonstop. I'd be listening to like all the new songs and I'll spend most of my time writing articles and actually trying to make like a decent amount of money that way through uh, ad revenue on the website articles. And there was quite a few opportunities that arose from that because I was putting so much more time into it. The website looked a lot more professional and it, it covered 
South Carolina and North Carolina. So it's just a, it covered like a, obviously a lot bigger area than just the Queen City EDM thing, which was just Charlotte. So I was getting opportunities to interview or go to shows in like South Carolina and all over North Carolina. I think I even got, um, I remember one festival that Steve Aoki was at. I got asked to go there and I don't remember if it was interview him. I think it was interview him, which would have been awesome because I love Steve Aoki. But at that point, like I said, I kind of stepped back from shows. I realized that I need to be a better dad. And uh, that was, um, I don't exactly remember what the timeline was, like when, you know, I stepped back from the shows or anything. None of that really matters. But like I said, it, it was a slow process. I didn't, but there was a lot of like those opportunities that came up because of the Carolina EDM thing. And I had to turn them down because I just, I don't know, something in me just wouldn't let me, like, I didn't even want to bring that up with my girlfriend, I didn't want to have that, that talk, didn't want it to turn into an argument, you know, she had her legit reasoning for not wanting me to, uh, you know, do that stuff, which I completely understand looking back, um, but it is what it is, <laughs> Man, I don't didn't know exactly where this podcast was gonna go. I didn't really honestly plan on talking about this EDM stuff this much, but the more I think about it, the more I look back on it, I start to realize like how big of a role that played in my life and how much time and energy I spent on that. Even when I moved to, um, and when was it? I don't remember what year it was. I think like when my son was two, we moved to Jacksonville, Florida. And a huge reason for moving to Jacksonville, Florida, I don't know if I said, told anyone that was the reason at the time, but 100, not 100%, but a huge reasoning behind that move was to remove myself from that party scene. So like the temptation wasn't there. So I could focus on being a better dad, focus on getting like a real job, starting a real career. And I could do like the EDM thing on the side. I still had a website and eventually Carolina EDM once I moved to Jacksonville, obviously I wasn't living in the Carolinas anymore. So I kind of let go of that website and it turned, I uh, started a new one, which was my last EDM website and it was called Edmerica. Uh, I think it was edmerica.us. And that was by far the best website, the most professional one. And that website, I created a lot of articles for, for uh, like, you know, new releases on songs, talked about you know all kinds of stuff going on in the edm scene but i also had so i made money on that website through ad revenue from like the articles but i also this is the first time i was introduced to like affiliate sales so i made money off um i'd make like a small little amount of money every time i sold a ticket through my website so that kind of introduced me to the affiliate links or affiliate sales side of things which eventually i started using once i started talking about a uh, clothing brand related stuff on my youtube channel and i made a decent amount of money through that um so yeah when i moved to jacksonville in i don't know what year it was two, i want to say like 2015 um that's when i was doing the ed america thing so i was still mostly working on that website and trying to make as much money as I could with that. It still wasn't anywhere near enough money to uh, live on by any means, but I was really passionate about it. I enjoyed it, so I put a lot of time and effort into that. But at that point, I pretty much 100% stopped going to shows. I hadn't gone to any festivals in a while. Uh, Ultra wasn't my only one, though. After Ultra, I went to, let's see, I went to EDC in New York, which EDC, if you're not familiar with it, it stands for Electric Daisy Carnival, I believe. And then I also went to in like 2014 i think i went to edc vegas which is the biggest one and then i also went to my last festival i believe was tomorrow world in georgia which might have been the same year but after that that was pretty much the end of shows for the most part for me um the ed america thing eventually fizzled out because like i said when i was living in jacksonville i was completely away from that scene completely away from all my friends that i went to the shows with and it was just me, my girlfriend, and my son. So um, I was more focused on being a dad and, you know, I was still working on my website, but 
I was also working for my dad. He owned his own company, like I mentioned in the last podcast. So I would do work uh, as like a contractor for him for various jobs around the U.S. And that's where I'd make the majority of my money. Um, and it paid really, really well. I'd only work, shoot, uh, a couple weeks out of the year and make a pretty decent amount of money. So um, definitely made enough to live on doing that when the jobs were actually coming in. Eventually, unfortunately, the jobs slowed down big time. And uh, yeah, that's what happened with that. But <laughs> um, so yeah, when we were in Jacksonville, that was a big reason for the move. Another reason for the move was I was, I have like this thing. I can't sit in one place for too long or I just like go crazy. Like I get so sick of staying in the same place, seeing the same people, the same weather, doing the same thing, seeing the same restaurants, the same scenery, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but it just drives me crazy after a while. Like I need a change of scenery. So I always loved Florida. I think like California would, that'd be my number one destination choice to uh, live. But you know, both of our families are in North Carolina and my girlfriend's huge on family like all her close family her extended family like everybody lives around the same area uh right around raleigh in north carolina so she'd always been really close to her family like distance wise and uh relationship wise so because of that she'd like never been anywhere else she never lived away from the farthest she'd ever lived away was when she went to college in charlotte which was like uh, three hours away from where her family lived in Raleigh. So uh, going to California with her really wasn't an option. She'd never even been on an airplane at that point. So uh, it seemed like Florida was the much more likely option as far as like the first place the move went. And Jacksonville wasn't really too far away. So that's where we ended up first. We lived in Jacksonville for about, I want to say about a year. Liked it but didn't love it. We liked the weather. It was warmer, which like I mentioned in the last podcast, I love warm weather. I love the beach. So the beaches were cool there. Uh, the city of Jacksonville, downtown is really pretty. If you guys have never seen it, it's on the water. Uh, very, very pretty city, but there's not really that much to do there. There's the Jacksonville Jaguars. The stadium's cool. It's right on the water too, right on the St. John's River. But other than that, there's really not that much to do in Jacksonville. There was a cool zoo. We went there a lot, and that was about it. We didn't really do that much. Loved the palm trees. Um, we had a really cool seafood joint not too far from us that we went to a lot. But for whatever reason, my girlfriend, she never, ever had a hard time getting a job. Like, she always worked at hospitals. She's trying to become a nurse, so she was a CNA at the time. And she'd worked at, a like, I think like three or four different hospitals in uh, the Carolinas, in North Carolina. She never had any problem at all getting hired. But for whatever reason, every hospital she applied for in Jacksonville, like I had, I think maybe she, I don't even know if she got a single interview and she applied for a ton of them. And there's a lot of hospitals in Jacksonville, especially downtown. So I don't know what the deal with that was. She eventually found a job working at like a, I think it was like, an, like a sketchy, super sketchy assisted living place. And she hated working there absolutely hated it so she was not happy working there she did not like her job we liked where we lived we loved the house absolutely loved that house god i wish i could have brought that house with me but eventually we kind of moved because of that she hated her job she couldn't find anything else um i wasn't really stuck there because of a job like i said the only thing i was doing was working with that ed america website and then i was working like odd jobs for my dad around the country so i wasn't stuck there there was like nothing that tethered us there she didn't care about the job so we're like, all right, what's the next logical step? Thought about it, thought about it. Orlando. Why? Why not? Our son was maybe like three at the time, I think. And uh, if you've never been to Orlando, there's quite a few things to do here. The beaches aren't too far away. You got Daytona. You got Cocoa Beach. There's where we live right now. We're like 40, 45 minutes away from both. And New, New Smyrna Beach. So we got a lot of options with, with beaches. But where we first moved to actually was a city called Kissimmee. So that was actually past Orlando, towards if you're going towards Miami. So um, 
that's where we first moved to. We lived in an awesome neighborhood. There was a ton of stuff to do there. I liked the house there too. There was like two clubhouses with two really nice resort style pools. We loved it there. The only thing that we didn't love about Kissimmee was the school system sucked. And the next year, like I said, I think my son was three when we moved there. So he didn't start school yet. So that wasn't a big deal at the time. But we knew like Kissimmee probably wasn't going to work. Um, long term because the school systems because the school system kind of sucked and my son was supposed to be starting preschool i think when he turned yeah when he turned four so like we had a year there to kind of figure out what the next move was but in the meantime we enjoyed that it was close to disney it was close to the west coast the uh, west coast beaches which in my opinion are a lot nicer you got like clear water which is one of the nicest beaches in the u.s so we went there a lot we went to disney a lot it was a good time we, like i said we love the neighborhood uh, but we just weren't exactly sure at the time if that's where we want to like set up shop, start a family and start, you know, put our son in school for the first time. So, and like I said, a couple of times, uh, from us doing research, the schools just weren't rated very good. The school system was not rated very good. So we were trying to find like our main goal was tr- be good parents, be responsible parents, and find somewhere that had a much better school system. So although we like the area, we like the location, we love the neighborhood, we eventually started looking around, trying to find a better school system, and that's what brought us to the other side of Orlando, the north side of Orlando, and that is why we ended up moving to Lake Mary, which is right where we live now, which is Sanford. They're like right next to each other, but uh, um, they have, it's like the same school system and it's a uh, Seminole County schools, which are a lot better schools than where we were at in Kiss Me, at least ratings wise. So we're trying to do, like I said, the responsible thing, be good parents, send our child to a good school, get him started at a good place. And we found a preschool in... I don't know, we looked at a couple of different preschools, but we found one in, I think it was actually in, well, I guess it was in Lake Mary, but it was like right on the border of Lake Mary and Sanford, and we loved the place. It was amazing, really good school, so we're really happy with that. Once we found that preschool, we found an apartment to live at, which, I'm going to keep it real, the apartment sucked, but we only lived there one year, um, and then my son, the next year, started kindergarten, so we found a kindergarten for him to go to, and... We found a new apartment where we're at now that we love a million times better. And this is the first time in like, God, we've been dating for almost right around nine years. I want to say this is the first time in like six or seven years that we've lived, maybe even more, maybe like eight years that we've lived in the same place for more than one year. We just re-signed uh, our second lease for the place we're at now. So yeah, this first time we're going to be living in one location for more than one year, which my girlfriend's super stoked about because she's not a big fan of moving. I'm not either, but like I said, I guess to kind of uh, stir crazy if I'm in one location for too long. All right, so I jumped around a lot in this podcast, or I have so far. Uh, I hope I didn't bore you guys too much. I didn't really, like the first podcast, even though it's completely about my life, my origin story, I wrote down some like talking points. I did not write down any talking points for this episode at all. So there might have been a little bit of me getting off topic or me talking about stuff a little more than I wanted to or I planned to. But like I said, I just the more I, I'm, I start talking about it, the more I uh, um, all these memories keep popping into my head, and I want, I'm trying to get like everything out there. So this episode probably seems a little more disorganized than the last one, but I'm still trying to get all the facts out there and give you guys like a timeline of my life from pretty much when I was born up until now. So. You got like the general gist of it, but one huge, huge, huge thing that I left out was the start of my comp- my uh, clothing company, L3 Apparel. That happened, the birth of L3 Apparel happened in, gosh, I can't remember, I, I, I should definitely know this. Can't believe I don't remember this for sure, but I think it was 2014, which coincides with want to say the move to Jacksonville. Yeah, because the first shirt I ever made said L3 Apparel, on the back of it, it said like L3 Apparel, uh, like made in Jacksonville or started in Jacksonville, something like that. So 
that is when L3 Apparel started. Um, and I think, like I mentioned earlier, I was doing the ED America site. And I think right after that is when I started the first L3 Apparel site, which I wish I had pictures of it because it was a horrible site. It was ugly. It was not professional looking, not my best work at all. But uh, the second generation or second edition of that site looked a lot better. And I think the one that is current now, I think is the third edition or third generation, whatever you want to call it. And it looks a million times better now. So there's proof right there. The more you practice, the better you'll get. Cause let me tell you guys, when I first, like my first website, I wish I had pictures of it. The first dance music website compared to uh, the latest dance music website, which isn't around anymore, unfortunately. But I wish I could show you guys the two comparisons cause it's like night and day. And the same thing with the first L3 apparel website from the current day one, just completely, completely different. And uh, I also had my, I don't remember when I first started my personal website, which I think the first one was called like jbmdesigns.com or something. It was like just based around uh, freelance web design. And that one was pretty ugly too. And then uh, my current one, my personal website is mcwilliams.com. And that one looks a million, a million, million times better. So there you go. The more you practice at things, the more time you put into it, the better you're going to get at it. That goes for pretty much everything in life. Uh, the clothing brand story, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I actually have already done a video about it before. Even though it's a couple years old, the video I think is titled, I'll link this, I'll link the video I'm talking about in the description below as well. But I think it's called like the reason I started L3 Apparel or the reason I started my clothing company, something like that. But it tells like the whole story. So I'm not going to cover that again because it is a pretty lengthy story. Um, but if you guys are interested, definitely check that out. It's, uh, I think it's a good story and I can't off the top of my head, remember everything that I said in that video. So it's probably honestly better to just go back and watch anyways, because it will probably be, uh, all the facts for sure will be like hundred percent, right? The timeline will probably be a lot better. Anyways, man, I did not see. I feel like I keep getting off topic, but maybe I'm not. Maybe I just keep recounting like all this stuff and it's, all these memories just keep flooding in my head, I'm trying to make sure I don't leave anything out. Um, I know a lot of you guys probably don't care about where we've, where my family's lived or where we moved to, but I'm trying to give you guys the whole timeline, keep it real with you guys. Uh, and so yeah. After we lived in Lake Mary for a year, like I said, we moved to Sanford, which I mentioned is where we're at now, probably where we'll stay for the foreseeable future. We like where we're at. We like the location. The apartments are cool, but honestly, I got to keep it real with you guys. I am sick of apartment life. We've been living in apartments for the past two, two and a half years, something like that. We're lucky in Jacksonville that we had a really nice house. And then when we moved to Kiss Me, we had a nice house, but kiss me and where we lived at in jacksonville which i think was called middleburg it was outside of jacksonville like a suburb they the housing market was a lot cheaper there for whatever reason in like mary it's like super expensive so uh to get anywhere near the same size house here as we had in middleburg slash jacksonville and uh, kiss me is like not twice as much but i don't think it's too far away from twice as much so that's a goal uh, definitely a short term ish goal that we'd like to live in a house, but it is what it is. We like the location. Um, now I just got to get my health in order so I can keep things going because you guys may have noticed if you followed me that, uh, the clothing brand stuff's kind of, unfortunately not by my choice but it's kind of died off over the past like months i haven't released a new design or new products in a long long time not planned and this is the part of the podcast that i didn't really want to talk about or i don't enjoy talking about but like i said in a lot of my videos i want to keep it honest with you guys be as transparent as possible and i want to use my story to or at least my hopes are to use my story to be able to inspire other people. And that might not make sense now, but when I tell you what I'm about to tell you, I think you'll understand. I, all right, I'll start out with the first kind of big hurdle or 
adversity, I guess. I won't say adversity, but the first like big roadblock that I hit in my life, uh, personal health wise, was when we lived in Kiss Me. I had well, I don't even know what size it's on. I think it's like right here. You guys might not even be able to see it because my hair is kind of growing out right now. But I had this scab. It looked like a scab, and it just like kept coming back. It was like right here. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just a scab. I'd like try and pick it. It would bleed, but it would just keep coming back. I was like 27 at the time. And uh, I don't remember who I talked to. I think I was just like casually talking to someone and they mentioned that it might be skin cancer. And I was like, there's no way in hell I have skin cancer at 27. Like that thought never even crossed my mind. But then I started looking into it. I Googled it and there's something called basal cell, which thankfully is the like least serious form of skin cancer. But I started looking at images of it and I was like, damn, that kind of looks like what's on my head. So I went to a skin cancer place, had them check it out. They did a biopsy or whatever they call it, where they like take out a little piece, they test it, see if it's, if it is indeed cancer. And like, like a week later is when I received up until that point, one of the worst, most challenging phone calls of my life. And that phone call was someone from the skin cancer place calling me and basically telling me it was indeed skin cancer. It was a basal cell uh, carcina, I don't know what the, I don't know what the full uh, terminology for it is, but basically just basal cell, which like I said, fortunately was like the least serious form of skin cancer, but it was skin cancer. And I remember that conversation to this day was so incredibly surreal. Like the whole conversation felt like it was in slow motion. Like I was trying to process what the lady was saying, but even if I, after I hung up the phone, I was like, what the heck did she just say? Like, I could not believe it. I just could not wrap my head around it. Like I'm 27 years old. There's no way I have skin cancer. Like what is going on? They want to schedule surgery immediately to cut it off. Uh, wasn't, it's not serious surgery. They don't, they like numb the area, which because it was right here, like on your temple base, temple basically, um, I'm not gonna lie, it sucked. It hurt really bad, even though they numb it. This is what happened. I went in there, they put a little shot of something in there to numb it. They start shaving off layers of your skin and then they bandage it up, send you home and they test those layers to see if they removed all the cancer. Unfortunately for me, they didn't get it all the first time. So it took a couple hours for them to test it. By that time, the, uh, the numbing stuff had started wearing off and my goodness, was that painful. And then they called me and they were like, all right, you need to come back. We didn't get it. I was like, wow, this sounds like a good time. Can't wait. So yeah, I went back, shoved another needle in there, numbed it up, and then they cut the rest out. And now I have a pretty gnarly scar because of that. Um, That was, like I said, 2014, I think. And that was kind of, like I mentioned, the first major obstacle or hurdle, setback, adversity, all that, that I'd faced up until. That was like the biggest adversity I'd personally I'd faced up until that point, at least regarding my health. Because, you know, up until that point, I'd always been really healthy, um, never... Never even thought about anything like cancer or anything. I think most 27-year-olds, stuff like that isn't crossing their minds. So that's when I, like stuff started getting serious. And like I keep saying, thankfully, it was like the least serious form of skin cancer. But even then, at that time, it was just like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. Um, unfortunately, that was not the end of skin cancer for me. Uh, I actually have something on my side right here. Like I'm 99% sure it's basal cell once again. I don't even know how it got there because it's like when you have your arm resting at your side, it's like right there. So if I have my arm rest on my side, it would completely cover that spot. It's like a little, the spot's like a little smaller than my pinky um, finger, not my pinky finger nail right here. It's like a little bit smaller than that. So it's not too big, but it's something I need to get taken care of that I've been putting off for a long time. So if you guys have ever had skin cancer removed before, it sucks. <laughs> 
Unfortunately, that isn't the worst health news I've received up until this point. It got worse. At the time, I didn't think it could possibly get worse. But uh, two years later, when I was 29, when we moved, not long after we moved to Lake Mary, right around Christmas time, um, I started getting really sick. Uh, having all kinds of serious stomach problems. Like, I'm not going to go into details because this is nasty stuff, but it's like extremely, extremely bad stomach aches. I would have days, I remember two specific days, I could not get out of bed. I could not even sit up. I was in so much pain. I couldn't sleep. I felt, I, that's like the first time I've, in my life, I legitly felt like I was dying. I wasn't, like, it was so bad. Um, I'd always had like a sensitive stomach up until that point, but nothing remotely close to that so i think i went to like my my uh general doctor and then they referred me to a gi doctor i had something called a colonoscopy which you should never have to go through until it's absolutely necessary i think like when you're 50 is when you're supposed to have your first colonoscopy to make sure like your colon's healthy and all that not something most 29 or people in their 20s are going through but yeah had one of those another good time not really it sucked and I was diagnosed with a fun little disease called ulcerative colitis, which if you have never heard of that before, I don't blame you. I had no idea what it was up until that point. It's basically the same thing as Crohn's disease, which a lot more people have heard of. They're pretty much the same thing, just in different locations. Um, but the symptoms are like the exact same. So at the time when I was diagnosed, I had um, I don't remember what it, there's like four different types of ulcerative colitis. Uh, and I think mine was at that time labeled like mild to moderate. So they put me on, um, something called prednisone, which is a steroid that I was on for months. And that was, it's unfortunately, it's not something you can be on long-term and a lot of people have horrible side effects from it. I didn't really get any bad side effects except horrible insomnia. Like I couldn't sleep for days, which sucked, but it made my stomach completely better it gave me when i first got diagnosed with the disease i had for like weeks i had horrible fatigue like no energy at all like i said there was days where i just could not even get out of bed um and the prednisone healed like everything gave me a ton of energy life was awesome unfortunately you can only be on that for like two months at a time and it's really risky because like i said the side effects can be really severe unfortunately it can really negatively impact other areas of your health like really seriously so doctors don't want you to be on that for too long so uh although that helped a lot i couldn't be on that too long after that they put me on different medicines like what they consider maintenance medicines that helped for a couple months and then they completely stopped working so for the last year i've had a lot of good days and a lot of bad days and um I got a new GI doctor finally because uh, I just felt like my old one wasn't giving me the attention necessary. I felt like he didn't really care as much as I wanted someone to care about my health. And the the medicine he had me on and the stuff he was trying, just it wasn't working. And it was like a year had gone by. He wasn't really willing to, or I don't know if it was willing or he just didn't care enough to like take the next step of trying something else which I wasn't too crazy about at the time because the next step involves um, something called biologics, which are very, very serious drugs. The only way to get them are either through an IV or shots that you got to give yourself. So I wasn't too stoked about either of those options. But now I finally, just within the last like two weeks after I got a uh, appointment with a new GI, I am all set up for starting a new drug called Humira, which is... It's like in a pen that you give yourself an injection, which I'm not too stoked about that. I hate shots, but it is what it is. Hopefully it works because like I've said, I've mentioned in quite a few videos, I think, even though I haven't posted too many recently, I told you guys there's been stuff going on with my health and the last February was the hardest month of my life health-wise. I was very, very sick most of the month. No energy at all. My fatigue was horrible couldn't get out of bed most days i was trying my best to be productive but just my health was i felt like my body was shutting down um i could hardly eat anything it was just a really really rough month i was having a lot of trouble sleeping so 
eventually I had another colonoscopy a couple weeks ago, good times. And uh, that was about two days after that colonoscopy, they told me the results. I actually had to call to get them because I had that colonoscopy scheduled with my old GI, who I'm not too crazy about for a ton of different reasons I won't go into, but one of them is he just doesn't seem to be too uh, concerned about the seriousness of my disease and like how far it's progressed in the past year. Like I said, when I was first diagnosed over a year ago, it was like one of the least severe, least severe forms of uh, ulcerative colitis that was considered mild. Where I'm at now, what my last colonoscopy told me was it's progressed from like the least severe form to, like I said, there's four different stages or four different uh, types of ulcerative colitis. I had like the least severe one. Now I have the most severe one, which is something called severe pancolitis, which means it's all throughout your large intestine. There's inflammation all throughout it. It's like pretty much as bad as ulcerative colitis can get. So clearly what my old GI doctor has been doing the past year has not done anything at all. My body's getting, getting a lot worse and finally, you know, everything just kind of like hit me in February and us. I also got sick around that time with like a cold and my immune system was just so beaten down from all these, a lot of these drugs that they give you for ulcerative colitis are, uh, they're called immunosuppressants. So they suppress your immune system. So recovering from even like the most basic cold is just that much more challenging and my body just cannot recover. So that's where I'm at now. Like I said, I'm starting something new called Humira. I'm really, fingers crossed, it worked or works. I've heard good things about it. I've heard bad things. Uh, like I said, not too stoked about it, but sometimes you got to do things in life that you don't want to do with um, the long-term goal in mind. And the long-term goal in mind for me is to keep my colon, keep my health, and be able to work on the things I love and progress in my life and keep pursuing paradise. I want to progress with my clothing brand. I want to progress with my YouTube channel. I want to progress with uh, this podcast, with my MMA podcast, that YouTube channel. Um, I want to be able to spend more time with my son. There's just so many things I want to do. I want to travel. And the past few months, I haven't been able to do anything because of the stupid disease. So, uh, like I said a couple minutes ago, uh, this isn't something I enjoy talking about. It sucks, but it's reality. And it's reality for not necessarily just uh, people that have ulcerative colitis, but people throughout the world, all over the world, that have all kinds of diseases or health problems or disabilities, or maybe it's just like severe depression. Uh, that's another thing that goes hand in hand with this disease. Sup depression and anxiety. I have been to some very very dark places in my mind the past year and before that i never in my life had depression i've always been a very happy-go-lucky optimistic dude with a ton of energy and just out of nowhere a little over a year ago this disease hit me and completely changed my life around for the second time so i guess i'm going to end this podcast with sometimes you don't know what the future has in store for you but you got to do the best with the cards that you're dealt. You can't just lay down. You can't give up. You got to find a way to keep moving forward, keep fighting. And I am living proof of that every single day currently. I am struggling. I've had many days I've struggled. I've broken down. Uh, thankfully, I have a really good support system. My girlfriend's awesome. My family's awesome with trying to help me uh, get my mind right. Recently, I've been having... I don't know why the insomnia came back. So the last like two weeks I've been having really, really challenging time sleeping, trying to get that figured out. So I got more energy so I can record more videos and do the things I love and want to do. But, uh, start the Humera in like a week. So I'll keep you guys updated on that. For those who want to know if there's anyone watching this that has ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, please let me know in the comments. Let me know like what medications you've tried or what diets you've tried, anything that has worked for you, hasn't worked for you, or maybe you're facing some other uh, trials and tribulations in your life, You know, whether it be just super stressed out from work, depressed about something, whatever it be, man. Um, all of us are on our own journey in life, but the majority of us have come across 
hurdles, whether it be our health or, you know, we've gone through our trials and tribulations. So I think we can always help each other. There's a lot of people face depression. A lot of people face challenging things in their lives. And uh, I think it's important to build each other up and try and do our best to help, you know, just build each other's spirits up. Um, I know I could... It's, it's crazy what uh some people's words like they're uh it's just crazy how much of an impact some people's words can have on your overall spirit i know from experience like when i'm having a bad day a really bad day sometimes just talking to someone can really really help so i guess uh that's pretty much a wrap for this podcast like i said this one was completely off the script i didn't really have anything written down I wanted to mention, I think pretty much everything I wanted to mention, I did. Uh, some things I probably talked a lot, a lot more about than I planned on. And I knew I was going to talk about, for the first time on my YouTube channel, the ulcerative colitis thing. I didn't know how it was going to go. I think it went all right, though. So uh, there you guys go. That is episode two. And that's pretty much like I said, I think I pretty much covered everything in my origin story, at least like the basics. Uh, there you go. That's my life up until now. I'm 30 right now, 30 years old, 30 years young. Um, hopefully got a lot more healthy years ahead of me, a lot more better years, a lot more sunny skies. So uh, that's the plan. Keep rolling. Uh, hopefully find a find stuff that works, get my health on track, and keep moving forward because that's the goal. That's always the goal, man. Keep progressing, keep moving forward, do what you got to do, and uh, enjoy your life. You only get one. You never know uh, You never know what the future holds, so enjoy every moment. Enjoy every day. I want to thank you guys for watching. Thanks for uh, listening. If you're listening to this when it's eventually on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I don't know when that's going to be. Hopefully soon. Um, but if you're just watching or listening, whatever. Either way, I want to thank you guys. If you got any questions or comments about the episode, please feel free to drop them below. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And as always, stay limitless.